following show is for comedy only and is purely for the sake of entertainment. The stories, characters, and people affiliated with this show talk about hypothetical situations for laughs. Listener discretion advised. San Quentin, what good do you think you do? Do you think I'll be different when you're through? my heart and mind and you warp my soul your stone walls turn my blood a little cold San Quentin may you rot and burn in hell what were the topics like we talked about it yesterday but I forget so um like it uh what I wanted to uh I wanted to talk about just fucking uh Things that you you uh, you believe in that uh, don't really align with your principles. Like, have you ever have you ever stood in line at the grocery store and you see someone in line and they're like talking on their speakerphone and they're like the most important person in the room? Like, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take this kid the like the kid to basketball later and blah blah blah. And they're talking about their personal schedule and you're like, dude, I'm just trying to buy eggs. I really want to choke you the fuck out right now. Uh, oh yeah. For me, it's always like the uh, it's always like the sassy black woman at, at working at the front desk of any business I go into. Why? I love those well, people. You're in the middle of a car. You're in the middle of a conversation. She answers the phone like, "Oh, hey, Laquisha. No, I'm not busy. How are you guys? I can talk. I got a customer here, but I can talk, girl. I can talk. No, I'm not busy. Could you please hold, sir? This is very rude of you." <laughs> And you try to bite it like, sir, you're being very rude. I'm on the phone right now. Oh, girl, I heard that tea. What's good? Well, no, like what? So, so back to it. What's uh, like what about that? Oh, it's just. I mean, I just wanted to talk about things that don't really align with your principles. That you would. That it's like guilty pleasure beliefs. Like that person who's a speakerphone conversation person. I'd like to put them in the guillotine. I know that that's like not an aggression by any means, but like you should be slaughtered and I fucking hate you. And then didn't we talk about something else as well? Oh, damn. We talked about. I'm looking back in the text conversation right now. I really thought you meant yesterday. I, I thought you just forgot about it and was like, okay, I guess we're not recording today. That's something I do. Oh, yeah. Like the, the state of everything right now and how do we move forward? I've had like 10 people ask me that. Even, I think you've asked me that. Kato, I think you asked me that a while ago. And we talked what about I, I ask um, you? Like how, like we move forward from being deplatformed and shit, like what the next move is. And we, yeah, that's uh, a very important topic. Um, we talked about the precedents yeah. that have been set on the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess, welcome to the Flintlock Faction. Today we're going to talk about how to move forward from the precedents that have been set. In the, in the past couple weeks. Um, so what, I mean, again, let, like, what, what's our, what's, remi- like, let's, let's recap what has happened in the precedent. So to sum it all up, um, every time, uh, every time a new president gets in charge, regardless of party, the other party is going to present impeachment papers. Um, like day two of Biden, Biden's presidency, uh, Impeachment papers have been presented 
uh, I think it was, oh, fuck, it was like some Midwest uh, senator or something. But um, it was just based on the Hunter Biden scandal and talks with collu like um, Eastern European collusion. Surprise, surprise, just like the last one. And, um, you know, their dealings with Ukraine and their dealings with, you know, shady business practices. Um, so that's been presented. And then the other thing that is also now a precedent is the other party will riot. So Trump was in power. The uh, authoritarian left and the anarcho left rioted. Now the uh, authoritarian right is rioting. Um, you know, whether they are normie NPC Trump supporters or fucking Proud Boys, whether they are fa legitimately fascist or a gay joke is still up in the air to me personally. And maybe it's also up in the air to them. But that's the new, that's the new, the new normal. Uh, and so how do we move forward as a community caught in the middle? I would say we're faced with the same problems we always have been where like all the way back to the Wall Street bombing where both sides and the mainstream state apparatus regardless is going to hate us either way. Like the, the president doesn't necessarily affect us. Just we need to realize that it's a thing and adapt to it. I mean, we're also dealing with the same struggles, except it's um, it's kind of it's not as much anymore with the the left and right spectrum of bottom of the bottom political compass anymore. It's more of like the blue pills versus the red pills at this point. Like I've seen a lot of people like, OK, if you're if you're communist and you want the like the 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 toppling of the of the top right fine, like whatever, we're not going to immediately shoot you and we'll deal with this after we're done dealing with the bigger problem. But the, the bit, the, the problem within the community now is the blue pills versus the red pills of like the, the Nick Sarwaks, the Andy Craig's, like the fucking beta cuck worshipers of the state that are still like, oh, we should cozy up to DC instead of like, hey, we should, um, you know, praise anything that destroys the state personally i think nick starwalk is a fucking agent oh man his name showed up in you know classified listings is it really yeah that's where everyone's getting that from he was listed as an asset by a cia case officer i want to say it was a cia case officer it might have been like uh just a regular intel analyst wait are you guys Some talking weird... about nick sorwark yeah yeah the guy that showed up in the wikileaks cable yeah, no, so it, it wasn't anything correlating to him being a direct asset, but it was evidence like of him possible receiving payment from, it was either NSA or CIA. Um, yeah, like, didn't like, they, like being on that payroll during that time, from during a certain time frame. And I think it was like, I don't know, 2009, give yeah, or take was, a few it, years. Dan, you really are turning into Jamie, but <laughs> I, really thought was, I thought it was... I thought it was just a joke. Like he, he is so blue pilled and so establishment and so, uh, so fucking sh like government shill. I thought that that was just a running joke. I didn't know that that was a legitimate like claim that he is a fucking. No, no uh, it was in the controlled descent. Yeah, it's full. It's it's in a WikiLeaks cable that was released a couple years back. Um, there were several thousand documents in it, and somebody finally just took the time to go through it, saw uh, Nick Sarwark's name was like oh we know who that is and then jesus like, that hey, makes so much sense right it was the leak of that private intelligence contracting firm that the oh yeah it was used to Cam kind Cambridge of analytical case officers and informants all around the world 
What a fucking cocksucker. Kato, when did you say that was again? It was a hot minute. I don't know the exact date. I can try and look it up again, but it it was probably about 10 years ago. What a fucking, what a fuck. Like, I I I think it's around the time that he was like the head of the Libertarian Party. Um, Oh, wow. I thought he was just spying the shill. Like this whole time, I thought he was just a cocksucker. Now he's like, like you're a fucking rat. Well, I mean, to be fair, all three of us have been on government payroll before. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> no, I mean, to be fair, I see you're nowhere, nowhere near as bad, but I mean, still, you know, he might have the way it was presented by his uh, friends, I guess, in the LP was that he was paid as a not necessarily a contractor. It was a one off gig. But it was pre- they presented it as if a case officer or somebody had approached him just wanting general information about something. Okay, about but the Libertarian Party, heart- likely. Say yeah, again. like who, who, who are the key who are the key players? Um, how are you guys operating yeah. on the yeah. back wow. end? Um, just basic shit, all that like kind that, of stuff, yeah. so they can control and only what I assume is you know discredit the libertarian party from so we were we were basically fox news under nick sarwak's like chairmanship just controlled opposition to a degree i mean uh that like i can tell you from working very closely with a couple campaigns this last cycle though there's a lot of really sketchy shit that goes on in the lp i mean now that the lp's reached a decent membership probably since the mid-90s they are, you know, looking to develop sources in the LP. And I'm because I mean, that's the national really? security apparatus's goal is to not only deal with the extant threats, but look at who become a threat in the next five to 10 years. Yeah, that's something else. Uh, Cato and I talked about last episode was John Brennan uh, listed us as enemies of democracy. Well, yeah, and what a fucking first of all, fucking it's John uh, slowly introduce that as a idea and yeah. make it a regular norm yeah fuck john brennan fuck you fuck john brennan um but also i i I mean look you 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 uh you jokingly say that we're all um i mean we were all on government payrolls yeah but the difference between you you guys and and myself is that we actively speak against it and have gone as far as to say that those institutions should be dismantled uh because we have been in the system, um, whereas Nick Sharwalk, yeah, he's he's a uh, he's a fu- he he used to be on the payroll, but he still fucking simps for them. Um, oh yeah, he's he's a minarchist at best. He's not a minarchist. That that and fucking cocksucker is not a. He's minarchist. very emblematic. He's very emblematic of what I call the Ron Paul problem. Like everyone loves Ron Paul. Don't get me wrong; he's a great dude. Uh, did a lot of good for the for libertarianism in general, but his simping for the GOP, you know, caused some long term issues, and this is just one of those long term issues. I think that a lot Ron of Paul that shouldn't be here. I really do think, and you know what? Maybe I'm simping for Ron Paul, and I can't help myself. It's a problem I deal with daily. Is that I still hold out hope for Ron Paul and Thomas Massey, even though they are politicians, and I shouldn't because I'm an anarchist, and I shouldn't. I shouldn't do that, but you know what? Whatever, fucking sue me. But I, I really think that Ron Paul and Thomas Massey are um, what's what what's the word? Um, like you do poorly at your job, a uh, slacktivist. 
I think they're slacktivists and they want to slow down the system from within the system, which like Ron Swanson's. Yeah. Hey, I've been reading the book, Gato. I've been reading the book. Slacktivism. <laughs> Three part solution, I think, baby. I think a nice pop culture reference to the note that would be Ron Swanson's. Yeah. The the Ron Swanson's of the world. I and I you know what? I don't know. It it would take me, it would take a lot to convince me that it's not slacktivism. It's not Ron Swanson-esque tactics uh, that they're doing. Because again, I have my faults and I'm not perfect. Um, yeah, oh, I'm, I still, I'm not uh, saying hold out anything, hope for politicians. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them, especially with those two and like Amash. The oh. problem is that they Amash, I've have, I've uh, I've shit on this week, man. I have seriously shit on Amash this week. Well, they all three and Rand's or yeah, and Rand uh, aligned us with the GOP, which I don't think should have ever happened. No, but because of that, we ended up with people like Nick Sarwart. Uh, that's that, the, that's what I'm saying is because they sought that alliance. This is the side effect. It's a. I mean, I don't think that was the intention, but then again, no, uh, no, it wasn't. It was mass mass killings were not a uh, were not a uh, an intention of communism but you know good intentions mean nothing when it comes to the outcome of what happened exactly i will say though um i i will say uh justin amash i uh i know that dave smith praises him i know that michael malice praises him and a lot of other leaders in the in the uh, liberty community praise him but i'm not sold on amash man i i really think that there's some just poor takes that he has and you know what he was the first libertarian senator. Like, yay for us, and I will celebrate a, a win when I can see a win, even no matter how small it is. That motherfucker doesn't know anything about the party that he claimed loyalty to. Not a single fucking thing. But by that same token, does Massey? Massey's not a, Ma Massey's not a self-proclaimed libertarian. Massey is a Republican as they advertise themselves. A small government... Like, the Republican Party says that they want small government and uh fiscal responsibility and that's what massey is massey's never claimed to be uh a libertarian i when i was a republican i thought that's what republicanism was was fiscal responsibility and small government and that's what Rand paul thought it was or ron paul thought it was ron paul and yeah the problem Rand is, paul is yeah Rand paul is, is uh, a shadow of his father i like I mean, Rand paul is he's having a shadow as good as it gets when it comes to a, a a a cliche Republican, but that's not saying much. No, yeah, he he sold out and simped for Trump super hard for a minute there, and that kind of just left a bad. It's going to leave a bad taste in my mouth with him yeah. for a hot, for love much the Breonna Taylor Act, love it, and I'll celebrate it. I know that some of you may not because it's going to lead to un, unnecessary and unfortunate byproducts of government overreach, but. You know what, man? Like, I'll celebrate any small win that we get. Yeah, and that's the that's the big thing about. And I think that's why Ron Paul originally wanted to go with the GOP was because he saw a lot of like-minded people that could make strides, such as the Breonna Taylor Act. But in doing so, he left a lasting legacy that has linked the mainstream GOP and libertarianism. And in the long term, that's going to hurt us, I think. Everything because that it, gets passed by the government's going to hurt us. I mean, well, I mean, look at Nick Sarwark. He's the perfect example of what I'm talking about. 
But we would have had the exact same issue if the libertarian leadership back in the 80s and 90s had started aligning themselves with the Democrats. We would right. end up with something, someone that's, you know, almost a carbon copy of AOC in Sarwark's position. AOC. What, what do you call, hey, Cato, what do you call her again? Uh, hot commie tamale mommy? <laughs> oh, no, that's uh, Tulsa Gabbard. That's Tulsa hot Gabbard. Hot tamale I mean, mommy. Hey, but you I mean, know what? AOC way, got the big, big mommy milkers though, bro. Well, when I was on the Facebook community, it like like a year ago, whenever Tulsa Gabbard, people still thought maybe she had a chance in the presidency. They started trying to say that she was a libertarian and she's a voice for libertarians because, I mean, she's anti-war and a couple other things. And, um, and we started a little online coalition called uh, Libertarians Against Compromising Principles. And it was oh, yeah. Gabbard, basically. Wasn't that in response? Uh, somebody started a group. Is it in response uh, to, to the libertarian community simping for Tulsi Gabbard? Yeah, and somebody started a group in our room. Didn't you beef with them pretty hard about that? It was like libertarians for Tulsi Gabbard or some shit about that? Yeah, we, we made a counter coalition called yeah, yeah, Libertarians yeah. Against Compromising Principles. You're a little shit, dude. That was <laughs> that whole that whole beef right there kind of shaped my uh, future beefs that we did on Instagram, actually. actually like, you know I remember what? that one. Probably. I, I, you're both little shits, and I've, I've told both of you that <laughs> to your face. Faces. You're both little shits. So, I love uh, it. The title Don't change. Wear. You're, both, you're both perfect and never change for anyone, but you are both little shits, man. The title I probably wear. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean... So. I would also, I would, I mean, I, I would, if, if you had a, if you turned that, that, uh, that title into a, uh, into a category of hot commie tamale mommies, I mean, AOC is definitely in there too, man. I mean, I think both of them, I, AOC and Tulsi, both, they are way hotter than they should be for politics. Like, look at their peers. I mean, but I mean, I wouldn't still, hold out. let's just say that. Oh no! Like, <laughs> if Tulsi want, yeah. Like, if AOC showed up on my doorstep right now, I was like, "Hey, sent for socialism." You know, I'll let you smash. I'd, I'd be a socialist for a couple weeks. I would immediately turn on the 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 Russian uh the Russian national anthem. Like, let's do this, oh, yeah. baby. I'm lighting these candles. Like, let's go. This is why I created Libertarians Against Compromising Principles. <laughs> I'll compromise for pussy. You, you both knew this. No. You both knew. I'm this. joking. I I wouldn't do it, but I can. I can definitely see Jay doing you it. You so easily compromise principles for some uh, socialist titties. Yeah, Dasvidaniya libertarian principles. I got you. No. To be fair, those aren't just any titties, but still, they're socialist titties, which I would proudly come on. Anyways, sorry. I don't. I don't. I. You know what? I don't even think. I don't think I have. Any How many of you listeners, listeners are female? Yeah, I was just saying. Like, I, I fucking doubt I have any female listeners. I doubt it. And if you like. And if you do, Just I to cover for, the base. I sim for all. I sim for every single one of my female listeners, if I have any. I I, I don't I, think. So what, say again. I don't think you've met a woman that you wouldn't have sex with. How about you fuck yourself? I I resent that statement. I haven't met one yet, but you know what? I still resent that statement. Anyways. How do we move so forward? Anyway, as, how how do we move forward as a party with all this uh, this hot hot commie tamale uh, pussy in our in our midst? Um, how do we move forward as a uh, a party? I actually recently joined the Libertarian Party, dues paying member, and all. Um, 
Iconona has convinced me. He uh, told me after his interview, there's going to be something I'm going to be, I'm going to want to be a part of. And, uh, you know, when an intellectual like that tells you you're, there's going to be something great that's going to happen, you know, whatever, yeah, the problem 20 is, bucks. Pete Quinona is a great dude, but he is, in my opinion, he's still entirely bought into the party archy. Okay. And within he the realm shit of- shit on the party for a while though, dude. You but saw he still all the Wilbert memes. He wanted, him, he wanted them to change it. He didn't believe that the party itself inherently was useless. He believed that the party's current direction at that time was bad. I mean, I, one could argue that I, I um, advertised the same thing, that I didn't think that the party was useless. And that um, I also uh, thought it was ineffective. Well, within the realm of, you know, diversity of action, like, look at, for example, you know, uh, sorry, trying to think of a, a good example without. That was. So in, in most of the South American uh, revolutions, right, they would have an open political wing that was trying to be the face of the actions. They would, you know, after something happened in the government, put their spin on it, they'd come back and say, hey, look, you know, what the government says is wrong. You know, yeah, we did a car bombing, but it was against a legitimate military target, not a soft civilian target, you know. I mean, and they have a party right now that's the Kill the White People Party, though. Who does? South Africa. My buddy, oh, yeah. just, well, my buddy just came back from South Africa. He was, I don't know, he's playing with cheetahs and, and swimming with sharks or whatever. Some, some like South America. No, 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 uh, South Africa. Yeah. He did some like conservation, yeah. like middle class white person shit, and uh, like he came back and he was telling me about South African politics. Well, that's the problem with four hundred years of colonization and apartheid. You know, yeah. at some point they're gonna, you know, the reaction is gonna be viscerally in the opposite direction. I mean, I hate Trevor Noah, but uh, one thing he talked about is that in his childhood, uh, he, par apartheid was still a thing, and he had to walk in the middle of the road because he couldn't walk with either of his parents because he was mixed, and it was illegal for them to breed together. And I know yeah. that sounds very disgusting, but, you know, whatever. Like that's Yeah, I've, li I've listened to the same interviews. Like, his take on it was very, like, he, you know, it was tempered surreal. by his innocence at the time, but looking back on it now, yeah, he, it was very surreal. Why his yeah. parents can be seen in public together and shit. Neither, you know, like if they met somebody with, if he met somebody with his mom, he couldn't come back and meet them with his dad because then that person would catch on that they, he had mixed parents and it's shit. Just, so it's, it's so funny that in 2021, we have like a kill this race party. And like, maybe it's because like our, like the way that, the way that we were, uh, when we had a, hey, we should kill all the, this particular race party was like, uh, like, I don't know, uh, 80 years ago, the 60s. I don't know. Well, tribalism is no, always going to be 60 years ago. Tribalism is always going to be an outcome of human interaction. You it's know, I mean, just, people get scared of people that aren't like them. Like yeah. we're we're arguing for a third bathroom in America, and they're arguing as to whether or not they should kill white people. Like Willie. Well, also, there's a massive wealth disparity, and then they are still feeling the effects of apartheid. Like they've got a massive prison population, and most of them are black. Um, you know, Shit. a white person can commit a crime down there and not get locked up for the most part. And if they do get locked up, they generally go to separate prisons. Just shit as, you know, simple as that is what's fueling a lot of the racial tension down there still. But um, kind of getting back to what we were originally talking about, within the diversity of action, I think the LP still has use, if only to 
you know, provide a public legal focal points for public introduction into the movements. I've always said that it was a uh, it was a good advertisement for liberty, but in, yeah, exactly. In order, much. In, in order for it to be an advertisement, we can't put people we can't put people like Gary Johnson and Joe Jorgensen forward. You know what Joe Jorgensen saying that uh, we should abolish the ATF and we should abolish um, conservation laws. That was fucking sweet, dude. But she was also pretty spineless and milk toast on a lot of issues. And you know what? She also turned down Joe Rogan, uh, one of the biggest pot. I mean, I don't know why I'm telling anyone who's listening to this or to you two. Uh, he's the biggest podcast in the entire fucking country. He's like the number one revenue bringer in for Spotify. And you wanted to yeah. skip that to teach a class. How many people do you think you would teach in, if you went on Joe Rogan's podcast and preached liberty? Like, are you fucking kidding me, man? That's so fucking just absolutely... I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't even know. I don't know how to describe it. It's fucking... It, it's, it's idiotic. It's fucking like, here's your dunce cap. I demand you wear it. Um, it definitely was a missed opportunity. We need radical, like we, w the libertarianism is a radical ideology. Whether or not you you're an anarchist, a minarchist, or even a fucking constitutionalist, it is a radical ideology, and you need to be radical with your messaging. You can't be a spineless fucking loser when you give this. The problem messaging. is though, the problem is though. Imagine taking a normie off the street. You can't immediately hit them with, uh, hey, every single form of statism is bad. They've been, you know, taught their entire life in public school, their parents, church, whatever, that the state is necessary, the state is good. There's nothing bad about the state. Even constitutionalists to agree, to a degree, still think that the state is not, net, like, they don't like the state, and that's why they want something to corral the state's power. I don't say this often, and, but I disagree with you. I think that what we're because that's what we've been doing so far now is like, well, we can't be aggressive with them because then it'll scare them off. What we're doing now is giving them half assed, like really soft answers that are saying, well, the Democrats are saying the same thing. So, and they're going to win. So I'll go with them. Or, you know, vice versa. Well, the Republicans are saying that and they're going to win. So I'll go with that. Like, th this shit's not. It's not reaching anyone. The message isn't reaching anyone because it's not aggressive enough. And if we're saying like, hey, we think that Second Amendment rights uh, should be less, um, less regulated by the government, that should go for, you know what? Any fucking uh, law that is against your gun rights is a fucking violation of your rights. Like, that's a completely different message from like, well, you know, we're really good on Second Amendment rights and blah 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 the atf should be abolished like no the f the, the atf should be uh well i can't say that anymore because i'm saying that I'm, I'm i'm trying to be nice now uh in order to not get banned but you you get what i'm saying um and yeah it's we the love same thing. we love the atf we love the ATF, the atf is our best friends god bless waco was not their fault they they lost agents and it was a it was a brutal bloodbath on their you know they suffered greatly that day Look, thank you guys for your cervix like so much you're heroes and i pray to you every night because the only church i subscribe to is the church of the state god bless this cathedral um, oh yeah those the, the great heroes in the atf you know those children were vicious fighters i didn't need those you dogs. know yeah killing them with fire was just the only way to you know suppress the 
you know, anti-American sentiment held in that compound of evil Satanists. Who does need a dog, really? Exactly. But I'm, but you get what I'm saying, though. I, I do think that the message needs to be radical because we're not reaching anyone with this like half-assed pragmatist though. shit. We are though, and I think the we get too far into the intellectualism of the party and stuff. But look at the normies. Um, I've said it numerous times. You know, I've talked to both y'all offline, separate about it, but. The libertarian awakening is happening as we speak, and it's been happening since about 9-11, really, arguably before. The Overton window, yeah, it's shifting left. Sometimes it'll shift right, you know, depending on what topic you're talking about and stuff. But in the realm of things, most people do not like the government. They don't like the idea of being taxed. You know, they don't like the idea of, you know, being in these massive foreign wars, the normies are by themselves waking up. It comes down to us to kind of hasten that along. And then when they kind of wake up, bring them into the fold and get them active. And I think the LP itself provides a nice kind of outlet for that because not a lot of them want to immediately jump in and become radical. They might just be like, oh, man, I'm tired of this shit. You know, I, I see all this squabbling in Washington and stuff. My taxes are too damn high. But, you know, I don't want to pick up a rifle and run out in the street and start shooting. Or I don't want to start, you know, practicing agorism necessarily because I'm scared of the ramifications. But you know, I would like to vote for a libertarian presidential candidate. It's so funny. It's so funny that you're saying you're talking about the, the libertarian awakening because I had I had drinks. Uh, Jim and I had drinks with uh, the uh, you know, it was a long time friend who has been a democrat he was one of my groomsmen during my wedding um and then i had uh a lunch with her in-laws uh not even two hours ago and both of them said the exact same thing uh her, my my buddy a uh, longtime friend he was like you know what man he's a democrat he's like he is actually a a democratic socialist a bernie bro and he was like oh man, I, I'm, I'm done with this. Like, I'm, I'm done with the whole system. I'm pretty sure I'm a libertarian now because, like, I'm getting taxed 50% of my income exactly. when I reach overtime. They're taxing 50%. I'm actually a tax liability. They sent me notification yeah. about this. And I, 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 I can't, like, I can't, I'm, I'm struggling to just remain afloat here. And I don't understand what this is going to because he's, like, really ingrained in the housing market. He's a realtor. And then he mm -hmm. also did, uh, he's a, a part of a nonprofit organization that builds homes for homeless and like disabled vets and shit. And he's like, dude, I, I, um, I, I'm trying to talk to the city managers. I'm trying to talk to government officials about this shit. And, uh, they're just give like, we're, we've gotten grants of like a couple hundred thousand dollars and 70% of that will go to luxury apartments. And I, and I don't know. Yeah. And, and I'm like telling him like, yeah, that's what, that's what happens with, with, uh, stolen money, dude. It lines people's pockets. That's the whole purpose of the government is the rich become, richer uh those who pay the politicians get richer those corporations get bigger and the politicians don't give a fuck about you and they'll fuck you over for an extra buck and uh you know the yeah. poor are just remaining in the same situation they'll get three hundred thousand dollars uh a year or not not a year pardon me uh they'll get three hundred thousand dollars over uh like 20 years and live in a place that's not meant for human consumption when they could have just given them a house and that like, you know, the same outcome would have happened uh, anyways, just with better living conditions. And I'm like, yo, this is the whole purpose of libertarianism is these people are fucking garbage and they'll fuck you over 
and fuck the person that you're trying to help over just so that they'll come out on top. And then I had this conversation again with my father-in-law and he was a, he's a hardcore Trump supporter end of the other end of the spectrum on like, Hey man, the Republicans are weak and they're pussies and they're cowards and they would have never done anything for you. And you see that now they, they fuck you over at every single turn. When are you going to understand that this, this is a rigged game and it's a big club and you're not a part of it. And he goes, you're right. So we're seeing both ends of the spectrum, mm-hmm. like waking up, like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I've been a pawn in this rigged fucking game. I think it's beautiful yes. and also sad. I see the fucking dead eyes, man. And I had that a year and a half ago, two years ago. I think the biggest thing right now is, and this is why I've been so comfortable for the, since the zucking for like, what, three months now, not really doing anything. Like I talked to y'all, talked to Sassy, you know, talked to a few people and stuff, but I haven't really been active. It's because I've been looking for a, and thinking about, do we really need to do anything? Because this is happening. <laughs> yeah, you just sit this back is, and relax and watch the fireworks. Or the exactly. ashes. It, it's going to happen either way. The libertarian awakening is a thing. Even a, 10, 15, 20 years ago, when it was first mentioned, it was such an oddball macro-sociological concept to be presented um, I forget who presented it first, but the first guy that presented it, everyone was just like, that's not a fucking thing. Shut the fuck up. And now here we are, you know, 10, 15, 20 years later, and everyone's like, oh, shit, this might actually be a thing. The Overton window in general, from a macro sociological standpoint, especially here in the U.S., is shifting down. Because so many people yeah. from both sides, even the normies, you know, the NPCs, everybody, they're seeing this and they don't like it. They're seeing the strife at the national level. They're seeing how... You know, shit's promised to them that it's going to run so smooth and it never does. Taxes are going to be lowered, but they never are. Shit's going to get fixed and it never gets fixed, et cetera. And they get tired of it. They see the waste. They see the, you know, the mismanagement. And my main question is, it's going to happen, but is there a way that we can hasten it? And is the, you know, kind of back to the original question, is the LP even beneficial as a focal point for that rage? Or is it? We'll see in March. I was told in March. I was told, um. I was told in March that there's going to be a big announcement and it's going to drive people to the Libertarian Party. So we'll find out. Um, I haven't heard shit about this. Like, it, did they give was, you any hints or anything? It was just from my from my conversation with Pete. He said, he didn't tell me what it was, but he did say that in March there's going to be a big announcement. And it doesn't matter if you're Mises Caucus, if you're Radical Caucus, if you're Prag Fags. There's going to be a a big announcement it's going to drive people to either the libertarian ideology the movement or the party i mean and that I, sounds a little bit QAnonish to me not gonna lie yeah but you know what hey man i'll take that gamble whatever like we're, what's happening right now you know yeah fingers being- crossed i mean the patriot act is a great example of that like it was a really bad thing to happen but the amount of people it drove to us was just astounding you know what i mean yeah so like regardless of what pete is talking about you know like it could be good news bad news ambivalent news whatever it could just be an event that happens you know a speech by somebody or somebody fucking dies or some shit whatever the fuck he's talking about if it drives people to us regardless of the secondary effects the immediate secondary effects you know if it's negative or not if it if in the end the main effect that is it drives people to us so be it that's great but it sounds a little bit QAnonish to me. Not gonna lie. I mean, what do I? What do we have to lose? That's the difference between exactly, QAnon yeah. 
QAnon, the difference between QAnon and what this is, is that QAnon, you're holding out hope for an establishment like someone who was who was always part of the establishment whether he was you know privy to that knowledge or not and and to trust the plan and he's going to he's going to do something that is going to be astounding this is like i mean what am i out 20 bucks if nothing ever comes of it okay yeah yeah right whatever man that was like a lap dance at the strip club like so what so is your take on it that the lp especially now that you've spoken to quinona's uh is that the LP is beneficial to a degree? Yeah. I, I know you used to you used to not like the LP very much. You used to hate the LP. I've been a militant anti-LP support or uh what speaker outer against her. Anyways, <laughs> I've been I've I've been I've been speaking, I've been very critical of the LP. Um I have always said that they're a, simply an advertisement. And uh, I mean I've always said that they're a legitimate vessel for liberty but just as a as an advertisement and i i have no yeah. use for them because i'm already there but yeah i think they've become we'll see that's right like they're a great advertisement my concern with them is that they become too bogged down in the intellectualism of it all like with all these different fucking caucuses and i even got yeah. into that my, a little bit myself you know with the creation of a couple of new caucuses and you know running campaigns and shit or running with campaigns well, um, you're a member see, what, are, what are you a, a caucus member of or you just do not subscribe to a caucus uh, I'm not gonna dox myself. Okay. If if I said like if I said uh, dox myself. Or do I need yeah. to delete that too? Do I need to delete the state you're from? All right, I'll I'll cut it out. Um. Okay. There's been a, a long enough pause. I'll be able to go back to it. Anyways. Um. I I have been critical of the LP. We'll see where it goes. It's I'm really not that out that much. It's like gambling. I'm not that out that much money if if it ends up being a big disappointment. So what? Yeah, if you put, um, I've gotten if you put twenty on the table, but the, the chances to win a grand, and you know you're not going to cry if you lost the twenty yeah. bucks. I mean, you and you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna speak at uh at at a convention about criminal justice reform, which is my big, that's my big thing in the community. I'm not heartbroken yeah. if uh, nothing comes of it. I'll still be able to preach well, I uh, think... criminal justice reform to a big audience, um, and put in the macro put scheme prison of abolishment in the back of their mind. Stuff like you just remind me, stuff like, you know, these individual issues like criminal justice reform, firearm, you know, legislation reform, um, you know, equal treatment across the board, regardless, because, you know, there are some legitimate complaints that the left has about non-equal treatment. Um, you know, like we've seen it with, you know, police uh, killings of minorities and shit. Not that yeah. they don't kill whites, too, just the rate of occurrence is much higher with minorities. Right. Um, those individual issues those do provide great focal points for normies because the normies might not be fully on board with the whole thing, but those individual issues are important to them. And I've seen that, especially with recruiting locally, because that's my big, that's been my biggest focus for the past year. Like even, you know, when the, my IG was fucking huge and I was involved in everything. Um, I was still focused on talking to friends, family, local people. And it's so much harder to approach somebody and say, Hey, you know, here's the macro ideology. Here's everything. It overwhelms them. But if you focus on one specific issue, like um, if you take a you know traditional GOP voter and you focus on gun laws, you know they yeah. tend to be much more receptive than if you hit them with the whole ideology. And same with Democrats, if you hit them with you know criminal justice reform and marijuana like uh, legalization, they tend to be much more receptive than you know if you hit them with the whole ideology. Boom, you know shotgun blast to the face. And the big thing is. How do we move towards, because I mean, we need to move towards 
reform at the national level. And I know I'm the, you know, I'm the big proponent for balkanization and everything, but the first step of that is getting a majority of the populace to be on board with the ideology. Well, okay. How, so how would you think that we move that way? I think that secession is now a mainstream uh, pop culture ideology. And, uh, yeah, especially and I've actually like had conversations. Texas and Virginia. Yeah, I've had conversations with people about that. And uh, I mean, obviously, I would. Uh, it's a no brainer. If Texas secedes, I'd support it. Um, yeah. 100%. But the, the question is do you get involved? with their uh with their movement like do, like do you cheer it from the sidelines like okay so antifa burns down a uh a government building uh yeah cool i totally support that they burn down a private business i uh 100 say that that's wrong you know you know me i'm a left-leaning anarcho-capitalist right-leaning mutualist depending on who you're talking <laughs> to and depending on how radical that person is that i'm that i'm speaking with but uh you know i, I it if a private business gets burned down, I'm going to speak out against it. But a lot of a lot of government shit was burned. That's awesome. I totally support that. Same with the the MAGA dumbasses. Uh, they stormed the Capitol, and that that I mean, yeah, they didn't do anything, and it wasn't cool. But like, whatever. They stormed the Capitol building. That was tight as shit, dog. I'm totally going to support that. Um. Uh, but. Legal caveat. You know, this would be this would obviously be a Republican movement of secession. Hold on, legal caveat. We did not support what they do, and we are very sorry to all the senators and the representatives that they terrified that day. Sorry, well, yeah, I, I I put out a um I put out a uh, my well my uh, I have a disclaimer for my wife in the beginning that talks about yeah. how this is all uh, for comedy purposes. Okay, we're all actually uh, Democrats or Republicans, depending on who is listening, but um. Obviously, uh, this is all for comedy, but, um, you know, it, it, when it comes to uh, secession from, uh, you know, a state, do we cheer it from the sidelines like we did with these these protests over the summer and then with uh, the, uh, what is it, January 6th? Or, or I mean, do we I think it would all? depend on, I think it would depend on, I mean, you can take two approaches or three approaches to it. One is, yeah, it's, you know, good. I'm not going to get involved, period. Two would be kind of what I call the CIA approach, which would be, um, yeah, I'll work with anybody regardless of their ideology so long as it furthers my own goals. Um, That's kind you know, of where so I'm that. leaning at right now, but you know me, I'm, you know, former spook. And yeah, and then, the, you know, same deal. I think all three of us are on that level. Like, I mean, um, without, you know, saying anything incriminating, I think we've all done things that are not necessarily in line with our own, not so much morals, but, you know, goals just to, or we've worked with people that are not in line with those things. So as to further our goals. Oh yeah. I mean, and like, I, like I, like, I think that's I mean, the approach that would be most beneficial. I mean, like I said, or like I, uh, like I've talked about in the past, I went to a, a, a BLM protest and I mean, like, yes, of course, Black Lives Matter. Um, and of course, you know, Police does need to be reformed, if not abolished. Um, I don't support the company because I'm not a communist and I'm not an authoritative communist like they are, the, the company, not the movement. Uh, but, you know, I went to that movement because, or to that protest because I said like, hey, uh, the, 
you know, the cops are not there for you. The, the company's certainly not for you. They don't give a shit. They're trying to use you as a, a corporate pawn, you know, who does care about yeah. you. The fucking Liberty movement cares about you and you should look into uh, these different political philosophies. Uh, I mean, I'll a hundred percent go to these events yeah. and align myself with them to get uh, my ends meet. I would like, uh, Kato, what's your take on, I know you're very much the, Hey, don't compromise moral principles and stuff guy, but, like what I just talked about and what, you know, Jay just elaborated on what I call this, you know, the kind of the CIA approach where you are willing to work with anyone so long as it furthers your own aspirations. <laughs> how do you how do you feel about that? I mean, obviously, there are some streams like the CIA worked with Klaus Barbie and stuff, you know, a straight up fucking war criminal, you know, who killed a shit ton of people. Uh, but how do you feel on that? What's your take on that? Well, I mean, it all falls into the world being very gray when it comes to warfare. Um, if we have the largest government in human history using these kind of tactics at some point to get any kind of success, uh, we might need to do the same thing. Not that I'm condoning it or I want it, but uh, it's inevitable or you're going to lose. I think there's no other way around it. And I, I think that you're foolish to think that you won't have to work with people you don't like. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that comes back to like even working with the LP. Like a lot of us think they're very milk toast, you know, just focused on their own ideological, you know, ego stroking rather than actually achieving anything. Right. I think there are Which some. Which is why I'll still yeah. share the Libertarian Party message of, you know, general. Yeah. And, um, and, there are some, and actually support the party in and of itself. And I think it's a fraud and pointless. But yeah, it, you still have to understand what you have and what we have is not much. It's another tool in the toolbox. And like you just perfectly said it. We don't have much. We don't have any tools. You got to use what you have. Right. You know, military background for everybody here, you know, like they'll give you an absolute, you know, shit sandwich and tell you to make, you know, a four course meal out of it. And, you know, depending on what you're willing to do, how much you're willing to suffer, how much you're willing to put to the wayside determines uh, and, and your own individual uh, ingenuity, you know, your own creativity determines the outcome of that situation. So I think working with the LP, it might not be the most tasteful thing in the world, you know, same with working with BLM, but at the end of the day, it achieves the goals that we need to achieve. I mean, I mean, Aaron from TL, uh, TLE, the Timeline Earth podcast, he was even talking about uh, aligning with authoritarian leftists because they still want the downfall of the current system and we can hash out whatever details after. I mean, and what of do course you guys that think raises of that? The, you know, the hundred year old question of Macno did that and got his ass bit in the end. Yeah. No. I, yes. Um, and, but uh, those guys put faith that they weren't going to be turned on. You know, if you do, yeah, like if do you that say, knowingly, like there's a fight that's going to happen immediately after judging by history, then what? Yeah, I remember reading this interview with a former Haqqani Network uh, operative who had defected to uh, the Pakistani government. And he was talking about like working with Lashkar-e-Taiba and uh, uh, actual Al-Qaeda and everyone back in the day, back in the early 2000s, right after the invasion and shit, even in the late 90s during the first buildup in Afghanistan by Al-Qaeda and the Taliban. He was talking about like none of these groups really wanted to work together. They had the same end goals in mind, but each one had a different leader who wanted to be the emir or who wanted to be seen as the actual ruler, whether it was, you know, uh, Haqqani himself, Mullah Omar, or Bin Laden. 
and they had to come together cognizant of the fact that at some point they were going to fight each other. But in the meantime, they could work together to achieve the common goals. And we've seen that with civil wars in between those guys like Al Qaeda and ISIS fucking hate each other. But they have come together in the past to work towards a common goal. But they stayed cognizant of the fact that, hey, we might be friends today, but we're still enemies in the long run. Yeah. I mean, it'd be like uh, you see a proud boy and a cop fighting, you know? Yeah, that was some weird <laughs> shit. I, I'm not cool with bad boys, but I'll be damned. They're not the bigger gang here. Nah, proud boys, I think, are one that I don't think that they necessarily have the resolve. To, They're burning to... blue line flags in the street now, dude. That's a wild that, image I never thought I'd see. Damn, I'll be that damned. Or two. Uh, Back when I had the falling out with my state group, um, one of them raised a very legitimate question. They were like, hey, if you're so pro-unity, where where is the line drawn? He was trying to make the comparison to he, – he really didn't like the idea of what I was saying about aligning with leftists. But he was trying to, you know, draw the comparison and give me the analogy, hey, what if, you know, you had to align with extreme far-right guys? Like in this okay, case, where, where is the line then? I guess that's the exactly, whole point of this conversation. Where is the line? The line is situational. The line, I, I agree there. The line is situational. Like if I can take them after, like, oh, there won't be a problem because I'll when I immediately have to fight these guys after, they'll be fine. I can take them. That's the situation. And the problem with that, though, is if you're too open about it and you're not committed to the unity as much as you need to be, um, back to the analogy I just drew with Lashkari Taiba and the Haqqani Network, both of those two didn't really like each other and they – entered into their alliance with the knowledge, hey, we will have to fight each other one day. And it led to them not working together nearly as well as both of them worked with the Taliban or with Al-Qaeda. And there were areas where Haqqani Network and Lashkari Taiba fighters would not, like, cooperate at all and were oftentimes shooting at each other. So, like, you've got to – it's a question, and it's situational. Can you maintain that friendship in the time being, know that in the, knowing that in the future you'll be enemies, or will that affect this, the problem? You know, will that cause problems in the short term? You know, like are are your ideologies too incompatible to even work together towards common goals? And it, it comes back to it's situational. Everything's situational. You know, um, it's funny you keep talking about um, unity. I think we we as a community should get away from that word. Um, I saw a uh, a tweet that was like responding to biden and it said fuck unity because he keeps talking about unity of the country right now i think we should try to get away from that word i think we should more gear towards the words of like a peace treaty or an alliance or if you will or, for, or a confederacy of uh of different ideologies i mean i'm sure a confederacy well, can't be used because that's negative yes, connotation really negative historically concept, yeah. so uh more of uh, an alliance you know or, and I, or a, or what I just said about, like, the, the, the analogy I just drew, I wonder if using the phrase, any other phrase than unity, would carry the inherent problems I kind of just spelled out with, like, Lashkari Taiba and, you know, the Haqqani Network, where they, yeah, they were in an alliance, but because they didn't think about it as unity coming together, they thought about it as two opposing groups working together, it caused a shit ton of friction. Because, I mean... We've already seen unity work between us, uh, you know, uh, local BLM chapters and uh, the leftists, not necessarily Antifa, but 
uh, not necessarily just just Antifa, but Antifa and, you know, JBLC and, you know, Redneck Revolt and a bunch of the other groups. They're, everyone's responding to unity except for, like, except for the right. If That's we approach the Proud Boys true, and I have seen militant anarcho-communists who are like, no, and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. child the holdouts rapers. Are still there. Huh? The holdouts are still there. The yeah, holdouts are definitely still there. And cats are child rapers, and they'd community. sell they'd sell their babies for on eBay. Like I've seen that so much. And like, and I'm not. And, yeah, and before you go off, before you go off on like, well, we do it too. Yeah, we do it too. I've, I 100 percent see the the ancom or the ancom uh not anti communist uh movement that they they mimic their flag after Antifa and throw them out of helicopters. They see it all the time. Yes, there's both on both sides, but I will say that it is not just the right that is resisting this. Yeah, and but we have seen some success with it already. Like the success, oh yeah, hundred percent. The call for unity is already there. I would say you you raise a valid question. Like, should we move away from it now that Biden has tainted the word, or should we continue with it? And I, I would really say continue with it. Fuck Biden. Well, here because... here's the thing: is, is we're we're in the losing. Uh, we're I mean. Cato knows 100% we're in the losing uh, side of of the uh, propaganda war with the state. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think with that, we need to adapt and overcome. We, we got away from Boogaloo because, one, it was being uh, slandered as white supremacist and it was on the mainstream. And now it's being used by Trump supporters. We got to adapt yeah. and overcome. Uh, you know, then we moved to Ice Cream Social, thanks to the lovely boys of Biting the Bullet. And then we moved to... Uh, the Burlington Coat Factory Christmas Party, and then we moved to the Patriot, the Patriot Fest, and then we moved to other things. There's definitely a lot more names. The point is that you can say literally everything, but yes. flying it a certain way means that everyone knows what you're talking about. The yeah, problem then becomes, though, how if it's an inside joke or it's an, it requires insider knowledge of the movement to begin with, you're relying on already radicalized, quote, radicalized individuals to know. And it's not very appealing to outsiders. You know, well, I mean, that's, at a certain that's point, why we got to yeah. break down and call it a revolution, which is what it is, you know? Yeah. But th that's why radicals have to recruit from the Libertarian Party and the Libertarian Party. Uh -huh. Oh, and on that, for the love of God, move away from the term civil war because that's. Oh, God. Yeah. It's not like, okay, yeah, look, here's. <laughs> that's the thing is, that's what's unfortunate is that it is moving steadily towards a civil war. Which is like unironically not something we support. Our definition is a single state separating into two states, and those two states of the previous single nation fighting against each other. But revolution is historically and technically a fight of the people versus a singular government. And yeah. it's yes. way. All jokes aside, we unironically do not support civil war. Well, let me ask. Yeah. The only time an anarcho state not state but you know an anarcho autonomous region has ever come about um was as a byproduct of civil war uh elaborate please um talking about the free state of jones uh no i'm talking about the reds versus the whites during the russian revolution allowing the blacks to come up the and blacks Eastern the, the Bla i mean you know when you think of russia you think of well, at least I think of Armenians and like pasty white people, but no, no, no. I'm talking about the Tsarists versus the communists allowing the Macnobius to. <laughs> He's come not up. talking about skin color. 
no no he's like he's like are you talking about native americans like americans <laughs> when you're saying no, blacks yeah. i'm like dog who what are you talking about no no, no i'm not. talking about yeah like at the beginning of the russian revolution the magnovius and the anarcho uh communists and the anarchists oh, okay, okay. were aligned with the reds and then the reds did the work um did a good deal of the work but got tied up with the Tsarist army, the whites, um, allowing Macno to seize Eastern Ukraine. You know, and, you there's know, no Russia, right? I'm, I'm busting your balls. I'm, I'm sorry. But back to the original question. So the only, and I mean, it ran for like, what, four or five years? Granted, it yeah. eventually ended up getting crushed by the Reds because they trusted the Reds too much. But the only semi-successful autonomous anarcho region that has ever come about within the last 250 years was as a direct result of civil war would you okay but would you say that the free state of jones was an anarchist state yes i mean they, so they're, they're, so i remember they very clearly marketed themselves as the union right they did they did but eventually but the, the way, union rejected the only thing they were free of was the confederacy which but the way they operated arguably without because, I mean, none of them were really intellectualists, you know what I mean? Granted, you know, at the same time, you know, Marx and Engels and a lot of the uh, proto-anarchists were going on in Europe. But none of the people in the antebellum South really knew what the fuck that was. And I think if they did, they probably would have marketed themselves a lot differently. But given the, the circumstances that they were in, that's why they marketed themselves as union, because they definitely didn't run themselves. As and the, union. the union did end up rejecting them, didn't they? They yeah. were like... Hey, I, so. I mean, I you are part of us, but you're not really going to get our aid because you're not a part of us. And they're like, fuck you guys. We're our own state. I think so. I think that's what happened. And but I mean, same thing, direct byproduct of civil war. So maybe, um, you know, speaking I'm, purely hypothetically here, a civil war would be beneficial for us. This is a comedy oh, yeah, show. It'd be like, like anything that breaks up the current structure is going to be beneficial for us. But if we can exactly like don't market the civil war yeah. so that we can yeah. break off and use it. Like market it for what should happen, which is a revolution. Well, yeah. yeah, like somebody asked me, uh, I think it was a bandit asked me probably about six months ago. He's like, hey, what are you going to do if there's a civil war? And I was like, uh, well, I would love to get a few dudes together and establish, you know, like an autonomous region, you know, use the ensuing civil strife to, you know, take advantage of it and just seize an area and hold it, you know, and then defend it once uh, the winner wins, you know, they're going to want to come back in and take your shit defend it from them i mean honestly that would be the perfect time for Smokey to make his move and just make a new state in the appalachian mountains no yeah. state just autonomous region. a place yeah i say state loose like loosely like it, <laughs> no, a, know, a region i'm just saying yeah. like words matter in this particular situation okay so army careful with it you know words that, that is the problem we don't we don't have a word for it you know i mean and that i think you know from a intellectual intellectualist standpoint that's why a lot of people wouldn't necessarily call the free state of jones an anarcho region was because they did completely establish themselves as a state and even uh you know arguably back novia was run as a military dictatorship but it was a very hands-off military dictatorship and it was necessitated by war on three fronts that it was run as a military dictatorship so arguably there are elements of the state there but they didn't have a better word to call themselves than Macnovia. You know what I mean? So they're essentially electing Macno as their military dictator for the time being purely because of necessity of war. So we don't really have a word for what we're talking about here. Like, look at Chaz. 
like arguably that was a decent attempt at the shit lasted for all of what 60 days but they still called themselves an autonomous region i think that might be the best thing to call these this idea is an autonomous region almost okay. an ar it, it's so funny for all the chest pounding that ancaps do who'd have thought that the ancoms and tankies and i don't think there's many ancoms in antif anymore i think we have really tried to root out as many as we can to the movement but i think it's still very much on a case-by-case basis yeah different i mean different chapters it's, it's like the threepers it's a cell by cell but i really yeah. like, it's so funny that of all the chest pounding that ancaps do the fucking tankies and ancoms did it and they yep. were they were holding out for a while. I mean, ironic, uh, ironically, they developed a police state within a police state. But you know, whatever. I mean, it was it was a solid attempt. Now, arguably, the police state thing never happened. The the guy that was like, you know, people come were on, man. The war, I've seen the shit. videos. I think that was more of a byproduct of you know a strong individual, not necessarily assuming a leadership role, but merely by nature of being a strong individual, was able to take what he wanted rather than establishing himself as like a military dictator or anything or like you know some sort of badge of office he was just being a bully to the regular people which you know is there was also if that, if people who stole out. from people who were members of chop and they said congratulations you made an involuntary donation to the homeless population true true i mean there was a lot of bad shit that happened up there but you're right like it's you know for as much of the chest pounding as there was they were the first ones to do it and of course it had its so, problems. It's the first time that someone tried to do that shit. I mean, yeah, you could say and it, Bundy Ranch, and you could say Waco, and you could say a bunch of other shit. All right, like, these guys were the only yeah. ones who declared themselves. Like, we are not... And they, well, yeah, but it wasn't run anything. by intellectuals. It was run by dumb college kids in Seattle. Exactly, like exactly. It. So if you and get, like, what, I think Dave Smith or Michael Malice or, I don't know, someone that GI likes in charge, it would be better? Not necessarily in charge. No, you, no you charge. Do. Yeah, I'm just saying like the people. I say in charge loosely. And of itself has to be people with, you know, a head on their shoulders. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is I think CHOP was led by dumb college students. CHOP was like I mean, a bunch of NPCs who, you know, exist yeah. in Seattle. And then. Yeah, we saw their attempts at gardening. Like they were fucking retards. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I really love so. that NPC has become like a mainstream. Well, like if you take an autonomous region and bring in farmers been farming for generations the perfect so example try, would be what we if we should try for kansas iowa or kansas or nebraska or one of the farming states either way you go you are going to need some sort of sustainable industry to either export goods and bring in food or to simply grow food for the locals for local consumption and, and i don't think Chaz ever answered that question you need a port not necessarily uh, iron like unironically you could North, use an North airport North Carolina would be best. Not necessarily. Like, I mean, if we need a port, dude, an autonomous. I mean, in this day and age, more shipping is done by FedEx in the air than is done by, you know, most shipping companies on the on the ocean. Granted, it's still a very large part of, you know, like you move big shit. Like you can only move three cars in a plane at once, whereas you can move a hundred cars on a boat. You know, but still, like, it's not entirely necessary, especially if the local populace is focused on local consumption rather than export for external consumption. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I like, mean, Magnovia never had a port, but they had a rail line. Personally, and they still did good. 
I think that you're just advocating for northern states is because you like the cold. And I'm gonna out you out right now about that. <laughs> I'm just gonna call no, you. No, I'm out. the same exact way. I advocate for the oh. northern states because oh yeah. Fuck you both. Oh, yeah. I, I want that beach dog. I want it, that fucking hot sands. But you're both pasty white douchebags. <laughs> I'm fairly sure we'd both burn like a motherfucker. So I'll buy you I'd, both I'd fucking cold. SPF 100. Like, fuck you guys, man. I don't like the snow. Jay, we, we don't tan, bro. No, that's not it. Just guerrilla warfare is easier in the mountains. That too. Like, I mean, the shit on the plane. Like, imagine having to fight a UAV and aircraft-equipped force when you have no UAVs and aircraft yourself and you definitely don't possess service air missiles. Right, like, that open terrain is our worst possible. Issue. You're fucked. Yeah, I would a hundred percent die die on the beaches in my fucking like booty short like flamingo swim tr- swim trunks rather than die in the fucking cold with my hands hurting. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I mean, nobody it's said a, that this a, shit was losing without suffering. Yeah, suffer for the cause. <laughs> suffer for the cause, man. For the cause. Oh shit! That's so. so Jim's not gonna like that answer. I've been trying that to almost, sell this. Almost, this conversation almost feels like, yeah, this conversation almost feels like NCOs versus officers. You know what, man? I like <laughs> comfortability. Go fuck yourself, okay? I feel attacked right now. Okay, this is my truth, and I don't appreciate you attacking it. So I'm gonna cancel you, sir. Sir, quit being a jail hugger. Just suffer. God, but uh. That brings up to a question of like, if we fail, where do we run to? You advocate Canada? No, I mean like, obviously it's all situational. You know, we're engaged in a hypothetical discussion. But like, if you are in that situation, they got Bin Laden. They got you know, and we're all lucky. They they get who they want. You know, I mean, there's an entire uh, uh, three thousand acre array of spy satellites uh well spy satellite receivers in australia just dedicated to SIGINT. like they will find you there, there's like hundreds of thousands of miles like this, of like wilderness and and canada that you can homestead off the of. big they'll just send in you know uavs to do a grid by grid search they'll find you like if you they they get who they want you know what i mean like why so there's Boulder, no running it took them how long to get them there's yeah. no running. It, it There's no took them like, how long? Uh, Bin Laden. They hunted Bin Laden like a. They hunted Bin Laden like a dog for ten years because of yeah. what he did. They hunted Whitey Bulger to the fucking ground for twenty years. Whitey Bulger. They turned himself stop. in though. No, 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 they no. Sorry, I'm thinking of something else. He did I, not. I, he, it didn't. He didn't turn himself in. I don't, uh, I don't remember the exact details, but they hunted him for 20 years. They yeah. hunted El Chavo. They get who they want. You know what I mean? Like, say somebody comes up from the Capitol storming. They've already done a lot of arrests. A lot of people did try to hide their electronic footprint and hide their face and shit. And they haven't been able to identify them and thus, you know, press charges and find them yet. But they will. If they want somebody, they're going to find them. So in this hypothetical situation, if you placed yourself as a militant enemy of a large uh, state with the kind of national security apparatus that any of the five eyes nations have, they will find you. You, there is no failure. Poor John McAfee, man. That dude gave him a run for his, for their money though. I mean, obviously he owned, he owed, owed like as if he owed them anything, but they said that he owed 
billions and billions and billions like, of dollars in tax and, and taxes to them that he had been evading. And they sent a fucking hit yeah. squad after him to Cuba. To Cuba. Yeah, they've, they fucking followed that motherfucker down, ran him to the ground. Like they I'll make an example out of him. Yeah, That's there is no. Snowden is currently the only one on the run. Snow, Snowden and Mullah Omar are like the only Snowden, two yeah. that the U.S. government really wants that they cannot find. Did you but as soon they... as Snowden steps, steps foot out of Russia, he's dead. Dude, the, the corporate press uh, is talking about how he's whining about how he hasn't been fucking pardoned. Fuck you, man. Like, are you fucking kidding me? That dude out of the NSA, you're saying that he's whining? That motherfucker's a hero. And I, fuck you, man. I, I, I just, that pissed me off so bad. I fucking hate the corporate press. But I, think I guess a lot of that was just lip service to the security agencies. Yeah. Because they uh, want the security agencies as sources. Yeah. But you know what, man? That just adds to their cowardice. Like, you're, you're a fucking coward. Like, what? It really what, does. You're supposed to be a voice for the people and to inform the people. And you're just a fucking mouthpiece for the, for the, the three letters, for the alphabet. Fuck you, dude. Like, well, and, and like, I know this is what got me right. banned in the beginning, like, when I fucking went after journalists, but, like, I, you know me, I'm a big mouth and I can't keep my fucking mouth shut. Fuck journalists, dude. Well, the big thing is, like, outside of Unicorn Riot, like, Bellingcat and a handful of others, they aren't journalists. You know what I mean? They are corporate employees working towards a corporate goal. Right. And, yeah, shows. sure, there are, you know, yeah, like, I don't think we've really seen since... Even with the war correspondence, uh, since like Bosnia and Herzegovina was going on, uh, they don't act like journalists. They get a specified story from their corporate master, from their boss, and they go, you know, in some cases, even fabricate the shit. You know, find a random dude off the street, pay him 20 bucks, tell him what to say, and boom, they've got an interview. I mean, like, I so, talked about like, it on Unbeaten Path, Project Mockingbird, yeah. where like, where they, like, you look it up on, youtube and you have like all these uh local news agencies like you can find the the talent like what what did i say like uh, i just used random uh cities but it's it my point stands you can look it up on youtube but like the tallahassee local news the chicago local news and the kansas city local news you can line them up like word by word and they'll match it and they'll say it at the exact same timing. Yeah. And their teleprompter will say, this is what you say at what time. Be a good boy. Here's a here's a treat. Yeah. And that's what, uh, I mean, that's the huge problem with corporate media now. Like, it's cowardice. It's, I mean, A, who owns all of them? I mean, it's Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. Who is, you know, we talk about Sarwark having been listed as an asset. Guess who's been listed as an asset since the fucking 70s by all Five Eyes Nations? Rupert Murdoch. So that's another uh, that's another inconsistent take that I have is that if a journalist has a bad take, they should be drawn and quartered. I mean, like, yeah, obviously that doesn't that does that doesn't fall within the nap. But um, fuck principles, they should be drawn and quartered if they have a bad take. Fuck you. It, does, it kind of falls under the same heading as like cops. They got into it for the right reasons, you know. Sometimes, but yeah. at the end of the day, they are just act you know unfriendly actors what uh what's the what's the thing that they always called carrie it was a uh um uh an ignorant uh an ignorant supporter like it what did they say uh what did they fucking call carrie a uh i don't remember what you're talking about 
like they they called her a uh, a a a an, an ignorant supporter of Russian dissidents during the 2016 elections, something like that. Yeah, and then they all repeated it across the board. Yeah, it, like well, that, I mean, that, look, that's journalism. Look at it too. That's why RT is. Yeah, like RT is listed by the U.S. government as a you know foreign controlled propaganda outlet. Yeah, even either, though either there's purpose- very little proof showing yeah. that. Yep. Either you're purposefully but at the doing same time, it, or you're an Chinese government. Yeah, and there's none of the large multinational news organizations are worth a fuck anymore. Maybe Vice, maybe at an extreme. Please, but like not they're the Vice. only one. Not Russia Vice. today is a state controlled by Russia, as CNN and Fox News is by America. They, so, but even I on mean, Twitter, if you look at like like every time I've seen RT on Twitter, I mean they label it as. Um, foreign state media well the big thing about rt is like the russian government is interesting how they're doing things nowadays because they realize that they need deniability they there cannot be direct ties and you see that with like the wagner group like the wagner group they, they're marketed as pmcs but mm-hmm. at the end of the day they're paid like re- they're, they're paid the same salary as regular russian soldiers they're recruited from the regular Russian army. They're not recruited from Spetsnaz or GRU or any of the specialized groups like Alpha. And they perform roughly regular infantry tasks overseas on behalf of the Russian government for shit money, not wearing the Russian flag on their shoulder. And then there are several companies, um, even the Russian National Bank is arguably controlled by the Kremlin, but ostensibly is not. So we can look at all of these and say, oh, yeah, the Russian government's doing this, but what about you know, Blackwater, what about the U.S. Federal Reserve? What about CNN? <laughs> right, that, that's same, my point, is that it's yeah, the same this, thing that we've been doing for a very long time, and Russia the same ties are there, recently yeah. took over those same tactics that we've been using for a long time. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what we're talking about. Like, we say all this shit about the Russians, but then the Russians say all this shit about us, and both fucking countries are doing it. Yeah, it's what I said last week. It's, um, you know, performing governments perform their vile acts by proxy. Exactly, and that's what it's transitioned into. Yeah. Like, I doubt we will ever see a macro war again because they've all transitioned to proxy wars. Like right now, the Wagner group is supposed to have pulled out of Libya and U.S.-backed militias were supposed to have stood down. Neither thing has happened. So we're probably about to see a flare-up in Libya, which is going to just essentially be a proxy war between the Wagner PMC that's ostensibly controlled by Putin and U.S. militias that are directed by the CIA and you know, trained by JSOC and run by the State Department. So, so it's just going to be a proxy war. And I think that's how that everything's going to go. That was the last war. That was the last legitimate war that we will ever have is World War II. Yeah, and Korea uh, and Vietnam really set the stage for that. Korea, I guess. Yeah, there were uniformed Chinese troops fighting openly on, on yeah. the field in Korea. But that really set the stage for Vietnam where the Chinese realized that they could not – is the Chinese really opened themselves up to a lot of scrutiny with – you know, having uniformed Chinese troops on the field in Korea. Right. And they realized that, and that's what inf- influenced their methods of fighting in v- Vietnam. Vietnam was definitely the beginning of yeah. proxy warfare. And Vietnam. It's, and it's always like, been ever since. You know. Yeah. Do you I, think that's what we're seeing with our own borders Iran, as fucking proxies? I think so. I think we're going to start seeing proxies. They've The U.S. government's been scared for a hot minute that the Russians are going to start backing U.S. separatist uh, groups. Um, (laughs) they're openly saying that we will fund and give you weapons to anyone who's against the u.s government like where's my fucking ak dog yeah 
I'm holding out for this. The, supposedly the Russians did. But the U.S. government, that's what they're scared of. They're scared that, you know, us and Tifa, um, Proud Boys, somebody is going to start being armed by the Russians. Well, you know, we've been making the I could use a PKP. I was just about to yeah, say, I'm sure you're it. fucking hurting for another fucking PKP, dude. <laughs> I, yeah. I fucking want it, bro. That's a, yeah, like if, if Daddy Putin's taking a wish list, I could I could use a dish kit technical, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, hundred percent. But I don't I don't really see it happening necessarily here in the US because our no, it's, external it's security happen. and our national security apparatus is too good. Don't say that, yeah. dude. Like, I mean, I need a fucking helix, man. Like I need to I need to one up Kato. <laughs> I need that helix. You know, you can I got a Tacoma. You can that's what I'm saying. I got a one up you, dude. Say again. Oh no! Actually, the 2021 Helix is sellable in in the. Is it going to be? Yeah, everything prior was refused because it wasn't passing safety standards. But they wanted to hit the oh, yeah, market, yeah, yeah. so they improved it. How many? So it's yeah, not the same. One up you on this and get a no Helix. Love, but it's um, you can buy a Helix now. But they start out at like sixty thousand. Jesus, titty foot, 60k. Yeah. I, I would go fifty I, for thirty. What the fuck? I would go bankrupt to prove, like, to rub it in your face, man. <laughs> you're all just but just about all flexing on shit all the time jeff 100 <laughs> percent, man that's but, my whole uh, life is flexing on people uh, yeah i don't back to the original question i don't if we did do anything i don't think we'd ever be even able to secure russian foreign support i don't i don't see that being likely i mean i wasn't counting on it i was just saying it was a funny funny tidbit <laughs> Unless the entire national security infrastructure broke down and the entire West Coast was open and like a lawless area, um, yeah, it's not going to happen. I bet yeah, you they're never going to invade. And I bet you, you just, if they you did like that. Red Dawn airdrop shit in, it'd be secured by police anyways. Like immediately, they'd surround these crates full of fucking AKs and PKPs and fucking anything, and they would just yeah. surround them and confiscate them immediately. And that well, no, they'd be stopped in airspace before anything got even yeah. close to dropping anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> NORAD's too good. Yeah, NORAD's just way too good. And I mean, we've got surface air defense missile batteries fucking everywhere. Right, like like our DoD so, budget, and everything that goes toward national security and foreign defense and military, like all that money spent on like big structural assets is not spent on you know the infantrymen. Yeah, like I mean, shit, we've all been yeah. there. I mean, I was wearing an IOTV that was fucking twenty years old, like. Yeah. You know, I thought it was cool when we got new optics. You know, at a thousand dollars. People think pop. of a military budget; they think of like body armor and rifles, but that's not nope. like like ninety percent of our budget goes goes towards these like next generation weapons and yeah. perimeter defense type warfare devices. But guards yeah. still support and, and our, guards still sporting the uh, the digicam shit. Are they? Oh, hundred percent. I thought they'd fully switch. I thought they'd fully switched to Scorpion and Multi. They have, uh, like, right before I got out, they gave me a multi, uh, a multi IOTV, but my, I, my, uh, my, uh, um, first aid was fucking the Digicam. All my magazines were, or my magazine holders were Digicam. Everything I had was Digicam except for my IOTV. My, dude, even oh, my fucking ACH cover was uh, oh, you were Digicam. Also Pogue. That. Yeah, but you're thinks you're a poke in the National Guard, so like, of course, you're yeah. not going to be the first to run out with multicam. And who do you think is going to be fighting yeah. within the borders? National Guard. 
the nasty girls. I know they're not investing in the right places if they want to stop us. Yeah. Which is fine, which is a hundred percent cool. I agree. Yeah. It is really funny how like in the grand scope of things, we talk about other nations, internal paramilitary forces, and they receive like insanely good training, like the decision militia in Iran and the, you know, the people's national defense in China. Um, but our national guard uh, <laughs> can get rolled up by a bunch of rednecks with shotguns. Dude, it's a joke. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, Seeing the fucking, the fatties, the fatties at the, at the Capitol just brought joy to you know, heart. And I hope the feds are listening to this right now because they need to know that like, they're we don't. They're fat as fuck. Feds are fat as fuck. Like, like our greatest threat against us is through letter federal agencies. They're not the National Guard. Like the, like the idea of deploying the military against a domestic threat is yeah. unfeasible to them. If the feds are listening, they need to well, like a show of force. Even when they sent the National Guard to D.C., yeah. they, took, they, they didn't give anybody any ammo. You know, they're there for yeah. show because they don't trust any of them because they're poorly trained and terrible. They're just there for college money. Or because they thought they're making their community a better place, not because they're hard yeah. warriors and they want to fight anything, or they really believe in the state in and of itself. It's really stupid that, like, uh, you know how we're not supposed to engage op four without three to one odds, or at least two to one without, you know, uh, like flag Ideally. approval. Yeah, I do. I, I, I would, I would put money that us three, you know, with just ARs and play carriers, could roll up an entire platoon of guard. Like, that's how bad the fucking guard is. Yeah. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. Regardless if they have, you know, two or three saws, whatever, three dudes with a decent amount of experience could roll them up. It's so, and, <laughs> and I've seen really thereafter, like, we have two or three saws. Yeah. And I've seen that working, <laughs> you know, up like during the two week shit Allegedly. with like, you know, um, the Midwest National Guard. Like we, one fire team could roll up a fucking platoon. Like, and we did numerous times. It was ridiculous. Are you fucking ready for the Bujahideen so, warfighter? You fucking warrior? Me, uh, not anymore. I mean, legally, I'm not even supposed to have firearms right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. So, fucking warrior. Fucking order gets signed. Yeah, it, no, yeah, it will. At the end of the day, though, I don't... I, I do not want to see a violent outcome in the U.S., though. No, just, nobody does. Yeah, yeah. We all just, like, want government to disappear or, like, 95% of it just turn into nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why yeah. do you think I fucking joined the, the like means. why do you think I joined the LP is because I'm trying to extinguish all of the peaceful means. Like I'm trying to do this peacefully. I really want to. This isn't a fucking act. I think it is still possible through the peaceful means, but the question becomes like let's say we do secure an autonomous region like say Texas secedes or some shit. They're gonna use we, force against you. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna use, escalate it. Exactly. Like it's Every single time we've seen anything similar, Free State of Jones, uh, Kurdistan, yeah, the Civil War Nagovia. in itself, states yeah, separated the South and declared war in the North, even as far Lincoln back as declared Crimea. war on the rebel states. Yeah, even as far back as the English Civil War, like they and the current state of Ireland, like you know, they do not want to see the breakup of large nation states at all. I don't. And that's what happened that. with you know, like whenever. I, it like, threatens their power if one I like look at it as power, a but it's like you guys breaking it down to something so much why why are you forcing your your like yeah i've got the perfect sorry go ahead i've got the perfect analogy for you i've got the perfect analogy for you say you were working a yard and there was a gang on the yard and somebody attempted to leave the gang what are they going to do to that person that person's going to have to check in or get a, get stabbed up right 
Yeah, it makes them look weak. And I guess from a state perspective, it, it also, like, if you allow these people to leave, it makes you look weak to the other gangs, a.k.a. world governments. It's just like, for, exactly from the normie perspective, like not the political perspective, not the politician's perspective, from a normie's perspective and the average Democrat or Republican's perspective, I don't understand a non-secession belief system because it's like, why you hate these people so much you like you democrats like establishment leftists think that they are dumbass rednecks and they won't survive without you and the republicans like you guys think they're fucking snowflake libtards who will not survive without you so just let them die like what are you doing why do you want to force this why do you want to force uh staying together just talking to the non-politician like npc on the street why do you want to force this because you guys hate each other and you're fucking at each other's throats both metaphorically and literally on the streets look like look on the news they're like literally on the streets at each other's net throats why are you trying to keep this country together yeah i i don't get it with any so historically on up until about um ignoring you know empires uh such as the romans and the persians and stuff and the chinese empires um historically aside from those few examples one ethnicity in a localized area made up a state there are very few examples otherwise such as you know the romans the macedonian empire etc and traditionally, because of tribalism, you know, people would look at their local area and say, hey, you look like me. The guy from a thousand miles away doesn't look shit like me. I owe no allegiance to him whatsoever. But as human society evolved towards, you know, more industrialization and everything, the more and more we got to the point where these large empires really starting like what the maybe the 13, 1400s became necessary to solidify the host nate or the originating nation's power and then those originating nations and the empires gave way to what we see now as the large macro states you know the u.s china russia brazil india etc and i think and th those countries have only been around let's not forget most of them for i mean china's only been unified for 60 years russia's only been unified for uh well USSR, you know, Russia's, we know it, and then USSR and now Russia again. It's only been around for like, what, 120? Yeah. The US has only been around for 240. I think the experiment is failing because of the problem you just mentioned, tribalism of the populace. People, like, why the fuck is somebody in South Texas beholden to the electorate in Montana who is simultaneously beholden to the electorate in upstate New York who's simultaneously beholden to the electorate in Daytona, Florida? So that's the narrative that we should be pushing with NPCs is like secession. Like, why do you want to live with these people? Balkanization. Balkanization. Peaceful balkanization. I, I don't, I, I foresee that being a precursor to civil war because the status quo, once you threaten it, you know, the nation state is going to react violently. I don't see succession ending peacefully. I think the best thing that we could do and this has already been presented, like there's already a platform for this within the LP itself even, um, would be to take and just break up the 50 states into their constituent states. 
rather than causing tribalism based on arbitrary features, you know, such as race, nationality, geographical location, et cetera, we should focus purely on those states. Decentralization. And break it up that way. Yes. And instead of, you know, secession of one from the whole, we should look at breaking up the entirety of the whole into their constituent subunits. I, I, hey, because I dig then, it. I dig it. Because then where, where's the focus for the aggression? It's across the board. Right. And they can't maintain a 50. There's never been a 50 front war. It'd be tight though. That would nice put them fun. in a, that would put them in. Yeah. That would put them in a 50 front war, which is just impossible to fight. Like right, the well, Japanese. Even, yeah. The Japanese in World War II can withstand a two front war. Most countries can't. Can you imagine a 50 front war? Well, so let's say the existing apparatus, which is um, the individual States as they exist today. You know, the, the constituents of a city could differ from the constituents of a smaller city about five miles away. And that provides the next level of breakdown. Well, have you read my pro uh, proposition for balkanization? I've not. So pretty much what we just said, you know, break up into the constituent states, but then using the same principle and you actually just touched on it, move those states down to smaller regional states like, um, say, Texas, for example. The panhandle and the coast are completely separate cultures. Why the fuck would that be one state? So why not take the panhandle, make it a separate nation state, take the coast, make it a separate nation state, take the internal area from like DFW down to the Mexican coast, make it a separate mm -hmm. state, and then make over near Arizona a separate state. Break it up into four. And the same thing with like New York and New York City. The culture of upstate New York and the culture of the city in Manhattan Island or Manhattan and Long Island not similar at all, not compatible at all. So what's preventing them from like at, you know, the Buffalo line from, you know, become like upstate becoming a separate state from, you know, the city, you know what I mean? And you just okay. touched on it. So like the first, yeah, exactly. So Our artificial is, imaginary standards of power. Exactly. So yeah. once you disabuse the populace of that notion, there's nothing holding them together. And we can then take, break up the, you know, into 50 subunits and then break each subunit up into three or four subunits and then break each subunit of that up into subunits. And that's, you know, it's a progression of balkanization. You don't just, because I mean, what right. do we see hap yeah. happening with Bosnia? By the same stance, like all existing American territories can still stay united and that foreign aggression from other state actors can still be. Yeah, exactly. Like you could still adhere to with, you know, cooperation with each other. Just Well, that's what a confederacy is. Yeah. You know I mean? That's how the CSA was ostensibly going to operate. That's why we saw individual military units rather than one cohesive Southern army. Right. Well, you, you need to find a better way to um, enumerate this information because people don't think about it that way at all. That's a great well, I mean, concept. I, and that's been at the bottom of my mind this entire time, but I'm sure you've thought about it a bit more and could probably articulate it a bit better than I can. I've only been thinking about it for six months. So, I mean, it's, I do. Like well, you're just original... as banned as I am, so. Yeah, Never mind. the the original proposition for balkanization, like I was limited by, you know, the ability to put forward shit on Instagram. You know, I mean, you got to squeeze it into 10 slides or less. So it really did force me to get it down to its uh, constituent talking points. Could write a paper. But at the same time, they're not as, yeah, that's the next step is probably write a paper or write a short book. I would like to do something along the lines of like a pamphlet like, you know, the original common sense or something, but at well, the same well, time... write a very detailed white paper on the topic first. Yeah. Yeah, that's the... Keep it within, like, 100 pages so it's not technically a book. But, Almost um, like a, dis a dissertation or a thesis, yeah. Right. 
so but the, yeah that that's what i would like to see happen because i think that's the easiest way to avoid a large amount of bloodshed and suffering because look at brexit england's probably going to be hit with famine within the next two years like oh. their grocery store shelves are already I'm already say that. It's a pretty intense accusation poor anglo their grocery store shelves are already empty like they have no national food reserves the U.S., like, we have a shit ton of food reserves, and we are self-sustaining. So you're saying without the EU, their international trade, as far as the food... I don't know if they can get their... Is going away? The, e, the, e, the EU negotiated on their behalf and allowed for really easy trade deals, and I don't think that Boris Johnson's government is good enough at foreign diplomacy to reestablish those trade agreements without the backing of the EU. Because let's not forget, Boris Johnson is just Trump with bad teeth. Like he's an asshole. Yeah. The other, the others hate him. Yeah. Like the others hate him. Sign oh, I got no. What'd you say about me? Say what? <laughs> I said, oh, I got no. What'd you say about me? You yeah, fucking exactly. cunt. And, and I, I, I don't think Boris Johnson's government can reconstitute those trade deals quickly enough, so as to allow for foreign trade, because. The British can't sustain themselves, whereas the U.S., Canada, China, Russia, Brazil, even France could. The English are in a very precarious position where they've gotten so many people into such a tiny area that they can't sustain farming. That's a good point. Sounds so like I think the British target. will be hit with a famine within the next two years. Sounds like yeah, England uh, I has think they'll some be pulled oil. back into the. Eat. I'm kidding. Uh, maybe I don't know. But, I mean, I'm kidding. I I mean, I don't I don't know if the U.S. would come to their aid. "Quote unquote," I think we, I think we would. Um, well, and I, I imagine unless the EU created a bunch of economic sanctions as, um, like anger against the UK for Brexit, like I, like I don't imagine that happening. Like a, like a massive famine in the UK. I I genuinely hope it doesn't because I like there's trade deals, but again, but, like the sole purpose or, or the sole issue is government oversight of, you know. Food, yeah. <laughs> so if she's got that out of the way, the free market would still provide the the entire the entirety of the UK with you know food. So yeah, and I mean uh, the two main food exporters to the UK are Germany and France, and they've got to ship their food somewhere. You know what I mean? They got to sell it somewhere. So the free market will provide, but it's a question of will the regulators get in the way? That's a good point. Well, and historically, yeah, the regu the regulators they, always they, get they will get away. Yeah, it's not yeah, they, they will. They they always do. <laughs> yeah. So I I foresee a massive British famine here pretty soon, and I would hate to see something similar happen to the U.S. because, like, we cannot sustain a populace off corn. But thanks to the demand for high fructose corn syrup, like, what is it like sixty percent of American farming is now devoted to fucking corn and soybeans. I mean, don't tell that to you, the boys of Iowa, but that's why we always talk about, hey, you should fucking figure out how to well, grow I mean, those food are, those in your backyard. For not only food, but a lot of other products, and that'll keep us from starvation in any kind true. of situation. I think the I think the U.S. would have a better go at it than most countries because we do have such a diversification of production. I mean, we've got large scale industrialization as well as large scale industrial farming, but at the same time, like. Who really has that besides the U.S., the uh, Russians, and the Chinese? Like, if we balkanized Brazil, for example, uh, I foresee a lot of issues happening. If we balkanized India, I see a lot of issues happening. Well, I, I'd say for us, let's focus on America first and um, <laughs> figure figure out how liberty and autonomous living 
works for us best and then um assuming the rest of the world will you know slowly is, follow on i i wonder too how much supporting foreign efforts to achieve the same goals for themselves would be beneficial to us because if we could like take belarus for example they want to be autonomous from russia i mean they they don't even have a land connection to russia but they are still completely controlled by russia and they want autonomy um and, you know, we see that with, uh, like, recently a shit ton of Belarusian anarchists got snatched up and are currently being held, you know, in black prisons and stuff yep. uh, where nobody knows where the fuck they are. Um, I, I wonder how much supporting efforts like that in other countries, um, even as far as, like, Kurdistan or, like, you know, supporting the uh, Greek independence movement and shit like that would be beneficial to us here at home because it's a long shot to do this stuff against the United States government. But what if we did it against already destabilized or semi-destabilized governments? as a way of spreading the ideologically ideology globally and then thus gaining support for ourselves here at home well who who's we who's the we you're talking about quote anarchists in general well i mean the supposition is that we have the resources available to us to promote that on a effective scale which i don't think we don't we do we do we do well, I mean, think about it. Like, how much does 20 bucks buy here versus how much does do you think a $20 donation to a YPJ operational unit fund would buy? Or how much do you think 20 bucks would go towards, you I know, mean, two, a Belarusian operational fund? Their total operational fund outlives entirely by <laughs> entirely what we could possibly provide them. Um, like the... YPG and the Syrian Kurds um, have a massive influx of money from multiple sources. Um, some good, some bad. Yeah, mostly, you know. Right. A, a, a I, I, what, of, what I'm saying yeah. is that unless you got like an Elon Musk to come on board and donate millions and millions into the project. Right. Um, McAfee. Uh, who's currently in prison. Yeah, who's going to let him out? He's, a, he's not getting out anytime soon. Are you fucking kidding me? They, they gave nope. Ross Ulbricht no, he's two, not. Yeah. two life sentences for... He, a he's a living example now. of what happens if you don't, you don't give billions in taxes. Yeah. Yeah, we need he's gonna get an out. already dying currency. I think long-term, what we really need is a method of funding. Like, you hit it on the nose. We need a... We do, but this will be the first thing that they come after. They'll come after... Yeah, exactly. For, for exactly. Anti-state. That's the nice thing about Bitcoin, though. Bitcoin and other cryptos that are semi-anonymous. Granted, I think Bitco uh, Bitcoin uh, anonymity has already been broken, but uh, <laughs> like ETC and I mean, the, there the are fluctuation others. makes it difficult for anybody to set in stone. Um, True, especially right now with the, like the last three months, the price fluctuations have been fucking insane. Right, <laughs> like like two hundred percent increase or decrease in a day is just ridiculous. Yeah, so. I mean, there's a lot of questions there, but I think you I think you do raise a valid point. We need funding because funding is, I mean, necessary to sustain any kind of effort like that. You know what I mean? Think about how many Al-Qaeda is the perfect example. Within the Al-Qaeda operational structure, for every one fighter, there's a financier. There's a solicitor who goes out to gain donations from local mosques and from rich individuals all over North Africa and the Middle East. 
simply to sustain budgets because I think that's a whole I think that's a whole different beast, um, both culturally true. and because they are able to play on like, hey, if you don't give us money, God's going to not let you into heaven. You know, not to mention they right. they do want the money for different reasons. You know, I mean, we're like we're not out here that's looking the to the basis, but like 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 Western culture in and of itself and American culture more in depth, like it's a it's a harder ploy to work with. Any benefactors yeah, really that are uh, any benefactors that would support our cause would actually hurt their pocketbook. So why would anyone want to yeah, like, give us money? Right. Yeah, like if Elon Musk, for example, started giving us money or giving you know money to the Belarusians or to you know the Spanish separatists, uh, almost immediately he would be placed under sanction. So yep, it's it's a real risk for anybody. I mean, that's probably what happened to McAfee too. Is you know he was looking to uh, fund a lot of shit. Not just That's his know, money his before he lost it all, which he, I'm, I'm sure he knew yeah. he'd be inevitably arrested. Yeah, and then he's because now he's it's all government money. They they took all of his assets. assets. Yeah, yeah. So well, here's the funny like thing about forfeiture. Here's the funny thing about, and I guess this could be like the prison corruption portion of the episode. But uh, here's the funny thing about when you go to prison is that anything that is on the books and legit in your bank account that's not in a foreign bank account. Uh, they the government seizes and then they put it towards the victim advocate groups. Like it, they make your, yep. they, like they make you pay for your, your own financial if, if restitution. You, yeah, if you if you have money, they'll make you pay for your food. They make you pay for boarding, and then they donate the rest of it yeah. to victim advocacy groups. And so if you're poor, that's what happened to Jordan obviously, Belfort. He he got yeah. picked up. Yeah, obviously you don't. Shit. You don't have to pay for your own room and board and and food if you if you're poor. But if you have money, that's where that goes to. So I had some inmates that uh, had money, but they they managed to get some of it to offshore accounts so that it can't be touched. And so if you if you out there uh, as a listener have money, which I doubt, uh, because you're listening to this show and not you know more intellectual shows, and you have money and you go to prison, they will seize that shit. The guy who, um, the guy, so in Missouri, there was a guy who sued the state because he was forced to room with a guy who smoked cigarettes and he had asthma. And so he was claiming that the state was trying to kill him because he didn't get a death penalty and they put him, a person with asthma, in the same cell as a guy with, uh, you know, who's a chain smoker. And he won that lawsuit. He won like a couple hundred thousand dollars. And they gave it to him and then immediately ceased it and then moved him to a different state. So uh, yeah, in the end, nothing happened because they just got that money back. And then they, uh, you know, the, the only thing that changed was they banned smoking from Missouri prisons. An interesting take on that would be instead of elite, like that would be a, a beneficial aspect of the LP is that that is a source of funding that they cannot touch. Like state LP bank accounts are yeah. treated as you know the same as like state GOP and uh, Democrat bank accounts. So I wonder if that would be long term, like a because I mean either way to achieve anything like word of mouth is good and all. You know, social media gave us a great decentralization method, but we need a way to fund propaganda to fund uh, like. Um, a good example would be like where, you know, a lot of people gave money to get uh, BLM rioters out of jail, yeah. uh, out on bail. 
Um, we need a focal point for that where it can't really be touched. We thought they didn't want to touch the BLM shit because a uh, it was done issue. via private. Yeah, it was a hot button issue. And it was done via direct donation from people with money um, instead of going directly to an organization. And I, I wonder if there's a way for us to kind of replicate that to a degree, because funding is necessary for any anything. You know, I mean, you've got to have money to spend money. And spending right. money is necessary to, you know, do things such as, you know, print pamphlets, you know, have uh, in, uh, organizational servers, you know, shit like that. Yep. I will, I will say this. I know a lot of people. We're, we are running out of time. Um, so I, I uh, what are your, what are your guys' closing thoughts on this topic? This multitude of I topics, I should say. I, I'm just going to go home and think about the funding. Um, We've got a lot actually, of Yeah, that was something I hadn't really thought about until now. Um, I had kind of thought about it. I know there was a uh, somebody that was pushing for the LP uh, POTUS nomination this last time around who had brought up that funding is necessary. And I, I know, you know, obviously a political campaign is going to be looking for funding, but he brought up that funding of any kind is necessary for any kind of organization or movement like ours. A lot of movements are limited by their lack of funding. Even nonetheless, the funding, when you talk about creating autonomous regions, you have to treat it as its own country and you have to realize that you need to be self-sustaining enough in every single industry to really yes. work and not end up like Chaz and just kind of fall in and of itself. It's yeah. not really I'm not saying Chaz is a good example of any kind of autonomous region, which it wasn't. It was just a, a little district yeah, in the city that some college kids took over. But um, it's yeah. not a, it's not really self sufficient. But you can always be a sugar baby for the cause, dude. Fuck your way. Or, like like nobody actually thinks about the, well, like you have to treat anything like this like you're starting a business. You have to figure out cost and effect and all these different industries that need. That are needed to keep people living yeah you got to figure out your expenses and especially the first time you do it the first time we do it it has to be successful or else it's gonna yes. fall in space and we're gonna lose what, in it. like you said uh, like you know if it fails can we run and hide to canada you know your first no, that's attempt not, that's has not to be option. successful it should not be yeah. an option in any form failure cannot be an option yeah so it's and it's it's uh it's victory or death. The, the result of failure is an ever expanding government who gets even more power from this event. Yeah, we're, we're already seeing what's about to happen with you know some retards, uh, quote unquote, storming the Capitol, which is just kind of walking in and maybe beating up one cop. You know, that's it. Yeah, that wasn't much of a tables and uh, you know busted two or three windows. Like, broke like three glass windows inside. Yeah, that. That you know, wasn't anywhere near the paramilitary assault. That and they, and they, and the, the media successfully con, like uh, compared that to 9-11 attacks. And they're going to do what they want with it. And regardless yeah. of like how any logical person considers what actually happened there, they're, they're going to treat it as a 9-11 attack and implement all these new national security laws because of it. Right. So yeah. anything serious, like what we're talking about, is going to be treated... Uh, a million times more harshly. And of course, just so it doesn't sound like we are plotting sedition, we're talking about funding a legitimate political effort. Right. Side, side note to any Fed list. Something that, something that contributes to nonviolent means. Yes. We need, uh, because 
like we need a way to fund efforts to get people to go talk to people, you know what I mean? To reach people, not necessarily to fund military operations. Correct. So that's what we're talking about here. Anyways, that's what I'm going to go home and think about, Jay. I just want to be a sugar baby, dude. I'm cool with fucking for money, whatever. I'm just saying, man, hey, if it funds the cause, it funds the cause. I'll fuck my, I'll fuck all the old ladies that are willing to fund this cause. Every single one of them. I mean, I know there is, I know there's a couple of people, quote, in the LC that are using um, OnlyFans um, to fund their personal, like, gear budgets and stuff, which I think is pretty awesome. I can't pull that, dude. I'm not Kenny Powers. Look at that girl, dude. I'm not Kenny Powers. Uh, she, she's the one I'm talking about. <laughs> dude, she's I just, so hot. I, I can't pull that, man. Yeah, as a prelude to this, you should get uh, Kenny Powers on. Yeah, you should. I think that would be a good episode, Jeff. That'd be fun for you. Yeah, I oh, yeah, 100% would be fun for me. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and especially oh. given that, like, she, I, I think she'd have a pretty unique uh, perspective on a lot of shit because, I mean, this really is mostly dudes you know we have had a hell of a time getting women into this shit um even now i would say like what one woman to 20 dudes in this shit and in the lp yeah, it's, it's close like all my old analytics was like seven six percent of my community was uh, yeah women we'll, we'll see yeah, if she, I, we'll I see if she talks right to me there yeah it's i might have to subscribe pay and, that uh, 76 dollars <laughs> Doubt it. Uh, it's thirty percent on sale right now. Um, Ooh, there you I go. I saw that on my Twitter on my on my Twitter feed the other day. I was like, Hell that is yeah, fucking brother. tempting. But um, I there's a couple of other women in the community. I, I'll push you their names uh, to see if they're interested. But I think it would be good to have a, like a woman's perspective on all this shit because like this very you know this is a sausage fest. Well, no, he's had women on. He has. I know, but yeah, this isn't the like fucking. Very, this isn't but... formerly burning boots. Uh, now friendship simulator. We have women's. We, we have the women on here. Okay, I had Carrie on here. I had Carrie I mean, on here before fucking shows that are not going to be named right Carrie, now. Though. Huh? I had Lady Volunteer. You had on. besides Carrie. Oh, oh, I had, okay. forgot about her. That's right, motherfucker. I don't discriminate. I had Brittany on when we talked to Farmer Green. Like, I oh yeah, I, I forgot about. Them. That's right. I, I think you should do a roundtable of like multiple women, though. I think that'd be an interesting episode. The, the simp episode. It'll be like the View, but better. Yeah, Gato, you're a simp. Reach out for me. <laughs> uh, I don't have any public facing icons that I'm willing to reach out with now. I'll right. pick you a couple of names and ones I know, Jay. Okay. All right. Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd say, like- uh, I'd say Kenny would be perfect, but I gotta get going. I gotta take a shit, so. Well, think of us All when right. you when you take that raw shits here. Any other closing thoughts? Okay. Well, I mean, there's something I want to talk about that I figured out like uh, two hours ago. It's uh, and Jay, you'll find this interesting. Uh, Mike Pompeo is thinking about running for governor of Kansas in 2022. Oh, dude, are you fucking serious? All right, I'm now's serious. the 100%. now's the time to flee. Now's the time to flee. Oh shit! Yeah, that's I got a lot news, to say man. on that. Oh, you love Mike Pompeo, don't you? News, man. Is that a is that a real question? No, yeah, you legitimately lo- like you unironically love Mike Pompeo, right? I'm not being sarcastic at all. What what, what could possibly make you think that? <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell me one reason that would make you think that. This yeah, is you're talking about action. the architect of the guy. You could uh you could find me on Lever Action for Liberty on Instagram. 
Flintlock Faction on Twitter. Um, Cato, you'll eventually find him on Gab when he reveals himself uh, to all you neoconservatives out there. Gorilla, uh, Gorilla Instructors on Twitter. Uh, this is the Flintlock Faction. We love Mike Pompeo and we support the uh, federal government. Good night. Be the Lord, we need animals, take control.